All right. Hey, welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket podcast. This is James. Hey, we definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we have a fun interview planned for you guys. Uh, we have Sonny Moody from Mood Swing Barbecue. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, uh, you won the World Food Championship in the steak category. I did. Yes. That is freaking awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, before we get into it, I mean, uh, yeah, and I know probably you've been on a ton of podcasts before, and everybody wants the the origin story on how it all began and how it started. But yeah, how did you get into doing barbecue? Um, actually, I did not grow up um, doing barbecue. I grew up on a farm, and so basically, my live fire cooking was over a campfire with Dutch ovens or cooking in tin foil. Um, that's kind of how I grew up, but my husband grew up grilling and with his dad. And so of course he got me started in it. I had no interest in it. He just always handled that and I did the sides or whatever. Um, but he started back in 16, he became a KCBS judge and started going and judging things. And he did that for about a year. And then he was like, well, I think I want to build a smoker. And I was like, okay, because he was a welder by trade through high school and college. And so he's, I'm thinking just a little backyard patio smoker. And he spent a year, I mean, building this thing with his former boss and coming up with equations and everything. And we went to pick it up and it was a 500 gallon, like little fat 500 gallon propane tank mounted on a trailer. And I was like, what? are not, we doing <laughs> nice we're, we're not going small <laughs> he here he was like well uh i i think we're gonna get into competitions and i'm like what like who is we who's this we <laughs> he goes well you're gonna help me so i'm like oh okay so um that's kind of how we got started and um, he actually introduced me to it on our traeger a few months before that and he was going to be late working late and he had already had the meat marinating. And so he asked me, he goes, just go throw it on the grill. And I'm like, I don't even know how to use the grill. And he's like, well, you just go push the button, let it smoke for a few minutes, come back out and you can put the meat on. And I was like, okay. So I went and pushed the button and I came back out about five minutes later and the whole entire Traeger was on fire in flames. <laughs> and I tried to pull it away from the house as fast as I could. And I called him and I'm like, "Hun, it's in flames. And he's like, no, it's supposed to have a little fire in the bottom of the firebox. And I'm like, no, this thing is in flames. And I flipped the camera around. He's like, yeah, that's not good. What'd you do? And I'm like, I pushed the button. Right. <laughs> I did what you told me to yeah. do. Press the inferno mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... When he got home and it had cooled off and everything, we took it apart. But two things had happened. Our pellet hopper had actually like jammed up and he hadn't cleaned um, the grill at all either. So grease, there was a grease buildup and the hopper hadn't started working. So the combination of the two, it just caused a huge combustion. Nice. Um, so I was not going to ever grill again, but he knew that, you know, he has to push me sometimes and he's like, yep, you're learning. So... <laughs> From there on, we took some barbecue classes um, from Loot and Booty and some of our other friends and jumped right into the competition world in 2017. And we hit in our first competition, which you automatically get hooked if you hit. We placed and in brisket, actually. Don't you love <laughs> that? It's like it, it's every sport out there. And I do consider competition barbecue being a sport. I'll tell you right now. Definitely. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, I in every sport out there, if you get, and I'm not saying luck is involved on your first time, right? But luck plays a part in everything, any competition out there. You have to be skilled as like 99% of it or 98% of it, but that 2%, right, is that luck that's out there. And yeah. you never know what the judge is going to go for or anything else. And when you get that first, that first, you get your first cook-off and you hit, and you're like, and now I'm doing this every weekend. Right. right? You're yeah. like, Pretty much. I, can I not lose? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, right. I just win all I, the time. I'm the greatest just a, cook ever. Right. There it is. And uh, I, I love that. And I, if you play golf or play other sports or whatever else, uh, all it takes on 18 holes is just to hit that one fairway, that perfect drive, and that'll keep you coming back for at least another year, right? Oh, absolutely. So, that, 
basketball, if you make your first basket, it's like, yeah, I'm hooked. That's you know, right. you hit your, you hit the softball or the baseball out into the field. And yeah, I mean, any kind of sport, you're going to be hooked. <laughs> I, I was thinking, and not to sidetrack this, uh, the, the barbecue talk or whatever, well, it's kind of barbecue talk, but I always like to um, come up with weird odd, oddball questions. Uh, uh, definitely kind of an icebreaker. But I was thinking earlier, I was thinking, okay, you know, the Olympics are going on right now. And I was thinking about barbecue being a sport. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if barbecue was an event in the Olympics? Of course, it'd probably be summer Olympics. But uh, what uh, that would be cool. what would be the what would be the event? What do you think? Like, would, would it be just a brisket or I, I don't know? And who would be invited? Who would who would be U.S.'s number one seed in brisket? Oh, Ooh. we'd have the dream team. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very a, a U.S. would dominate. It's like not even all fair. other countries. Right. Is Aaron Franklin, is he getting drafted? Is he number Aaron one? Aaron Franklin, Myra Mixon, like those those people are getting getting calls. And then you have like uh, the comp- in the competition. Dude, those are just Myron's. Big names. A, yeah, yeah. Well, Franklin. Yeah, those the, are just the big names. Well, Franklin's not a competition barbie. He is just a guy that, that cooks a low and slow barbecue in Austin that has a phenomenal business and cranks out award winning barbecue, but not in competitions, right? He's not a competition. Yeah. Myron is. He's the most winningest man in barbecue. Like, yep, he's he's going to be in the Hall of Fame at barbecue if they had one or something, right? I'm pretty so, sure he already is. Right. Yeah. So, he is, yes. Uh, so that's like, if he had the best of both worlds, whatever. But Myron's got to be like the main guy, I think. I would think. Yeah. You what know? are you going with like a, a Myron Mixon, a Tuffy Stone, and... I guess it depends upon so, what they're cooking, too. Sorry. Johnny I Craig, think Aaron, I you think could throw Aaron Franklin in there too, though. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think he's got to be in it for sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I sidetracked it long enough. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So you you got your first your first competition. Uh, you 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 met your, you you got a walk or did you get a did you get a, a, a top top three top five top ten? How, how did you do in your first? We count? got a top. Five. I want to say. I want to say okay. it was fifth place. That's good. Out of ninety-three teams. That's excellent. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, we were definitely hooked at that point, especially going into it. We had only ever done, that's funny that you bring that up. We had only ever done Aaron Franklin's style of brisket. So in our huge um, off or reverse flow smoker, we cooked it low and slow. We were up all flipping night tending that fire while everybody's still asleep because they did it on drum smokers. Yep. And we're sitting here tending the fire, taking turns and stuff and cooking this brisket low and slow for competition and we did the salt and pepper, you know, Texas style brisket. And they're like, that's not going to hit. And we're like, what do you mean that's not going to hit? And we're like, they're like, no, you got to do this. And you got to do that. And we're like, well, we're running with it this time. We're just here to learn. And we hit. And we're like, oh, dang. Yeah. We are so going to do this. People like that kind of brisket, by the way. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they do. That's, that's why it's so popular in Texas. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's funny. That's funny. So, yeah. so, so, take me through. Like, so you, you go through your first competition. Of course, y'all are y'all are y'all are cooking here and there, and, and taking some classes here and there, and whatever else. Uh, but I mean, really, started getting. I mean, y'all have a social media following. You have uh, kind of a brand that that you're doing and everything else. How, how did that all this kind of this kind of domino effect from that or? Yeah, so um, we started off in Arizona. Actually, we live in Nashville now, but we started off in Arizona and. It was just my husband and I that would go out to these competitions. And about a year later, our daughters got involved in the kids' cues that the KCBS had at the time. So they started cooking our two oldest ones. We have four daughters. And so our two oldest ones came with us a couple times when they had kids' cues. Um, And then we got, Jeff got a new job out in Nashville. So we came out to Nashville and there's competitions every flipping weekend. And we're like, wow, this is incredible. Like, in Arizona, you were lucky to get a few here or there. You know, we probably got like maybe six in a year if we were lucky. And we had to go to Utah and um, we went to one in Bullhead City and at California, you know, just there weren't that many out there. There were a few in Arizona, but that's about all we could hit. So coming out to Nashville, we could hit one every flipping weekend. And we're like, wow, this is so cool and we had started a catering business too back in arizona and so that was doing well so we actually sold our huge smoker because we didn't want to haul it across country and jeff wanted to um have a custom built it kind of looks like a jambo um but it is a custom built we had an offset smoker built 
by Kansas City Smoker Company, and that built um, Joe Pierce's um, pit actually that he competes on. So we have one like that, and it's Goldilocks. You can see her on our, you know, on all of our social media. We call her Goldilocks. She's bright gold. <laughs> And so we were like, well, we'll just start doing a little bit of catering and just kind of feel it out. And then COVID hit. So we, the SCA actually opened up, the State Cook-Off Association actually opened up faster than KCBS out here. And we're like, well, let's hit the SCA trail. And we had only done maybe three SCA competitions back in Arizona. There just weren't that many. Um, I had helped Jeff with the first two. And then all of our guy friends were like, Sonny, you just need to compete on your own. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you know enough about me. You could run on your own. And I'm like, I'm not going to compete against Jeff. And they're like, just do it. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to start in steak because, you know, it's just one meat. And they're like, fine, we'll walk you through it. So we'd be in the kitchen prepping meats and stuff. And and I'm like, I'm practicing steak too. And he's like, okay, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't tell you because the guys are helping me. <laughs> he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to cook a steak against you. So then it kind of just became a rivalry between the two of us. It was a fun little competition. Um, we would make side bets, you know, like if he lost, he had to take tango lessons. And if I lost, I had to take golf lessons or, you know, whatever it was at the time. And so, of course, he beat me in and, <laughs> and the first one. But after we moved to Nashville, um, we went out on the SCA trail because that's what opened up after COVID. And I hit, I took first place in my second competition against him alone and won against 78 other people. And all I could think of at the time, because I never went out hoping for first place. I didn't think I was good enough. I just wanted to beat Jeff. So I running up there and the award was a huge, real fire hydrant that's like 250 pounds and I go running up there and they hand me the mic and they're like so tell us who you are and I'm like oh I'm like well I'm Sunny Moody and they're like where are you from and I'm like well uh Arizona but we live in Nashville now just we just moved to Nashville I'm like you don't know who I am (laughs) and I'm like but I just beat my husband and I yelled that out and everybody started busting up because to me, that's all that mattered was not beating everybody else. It was, I just beat my husband. Like I just did the dang thing. Right. <laughs> and I, they're like, well, this fire hydrant's yours. And I bear hugged that thing because I am a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And so I, I bear hugged that fire hydrant and just with the adrenaline, I went running and they're like, whoa, they're like, um, you still have money and a golden ticket. And I was like, <laughs> what? So I went and handed, like, I tried to hand the fire hydrant to Jeff. And you can watch the video. I mean, it's back a ways. It's, um, I don't remember if it was a 19 or 20. And so I hand it to him and he like drops because he doesn't think it's a real fire hydrant. And so he's like, oh, okay. So we had to work together to get to get it back on the table. And, and then I was like, I have money. And they're like, yeah, you have a thousand dollars. You just want a thousand dollars. And you're going to the World Food Championships and you're going to the World SCA Championships. And I'm like, oh, crap. What did I really just do? Right. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> but we just kept running competitions um, and hitting, obviously. And I did go to the World Food Championships just back in November or October, November, one of those two. And I ended up taking first place i was actually the first person to ever do this i took first place in the opening round which was a new york strip steak and in the sca we cook ribeyes um so they threw a new york strip steak at us and i took first place in that and i was like oh great i just shot myself in the foot because you don't you don't take first place twice in a row i mean that's very very rare to do that yeah and all of our points typically at world (laughs) food championships and all the other categories except steak and barbecue Um, your points accumulate. So if you, wherever you place in your first round, you know, they, they roll over to the finals, but in steak and barbecue, everybody gets wiped out. So you're on an even playing field. Um, And so all my points got wiped out and I'm like, well, I'm not going to take first again, because that's just not 
that's not how it works. <laughs> right, right. It's just, <laughs> just not common. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's very rare that you do that. And so I was like, well, I already made it into the top 10. You know, I'm, I'm top 10 in the world. So that's pretty awesome. And I threw together, like I made a couple changes. We had to do a filet mignon with an infused ingredient of a black garlic umami sauce and two sides with it for 10 judges plus a presentation platter in an hour and a half in an eight by eight kitchen arena. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I could have two sous chefs help me. So I chose Jeff, obviously, and I was actually just going to run with Jeff because I had asked a couple chef, some of my chef friends to come and help me, but things fell through and didn't work out. And so it was just going to be Jeff and I, but um, everybody kept telling me, you can't manage all of this with just the two of you. And I'm like, yeah, we can. Like, we work really well together. And they're like, no, trust me, you need someone else. So one of my sponsors, um, Tribal Fire Grill, he's one of the owners. He actually was there and he's a chef too. So he was asking me what I was going to do. And I was running ideas by him because I didn't practice at home. I didn't even think I'd make it that far. And so I didn't practice at home. I've cooked a filet mignon before and, you know, I've cooked lots of sides, but I didn't play around with the garlic umami sauce or anything like that. And so um, I was running ideas by him. And chef people, I mean, it's the same way with barbecue people. Once you start talking barbecue with somebody, you know if they know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. My chef friend was the same way. He was like, we just clicked. We had this immediate click. He understood what I was explaining to him. And I'm like, I want him on my team. So I asked him, I'm like, will you come sous chef for me? And he's like, yeah, totally. So I did, I ended up doing a cast iron skillet filet mignon and a black garlic umami sauce. It was a creme mushroom reduction. And I used like a couple different types of mushrooms in it. And then I I did shaved white truffles on top of that, along with aged cheddar grits and a um, cast iron skillet Brussels sprouts with raspberry chipotle sauce and um, feta and walnuts. Oh, wow. So took first place. Yes, yeah. sounds amazing. It does sound so. Let me ask you a question. So you're putting all this together, and then obviously that list of ingredients that you just called out is, is you probably just can't run to the grocery store and get every single thing you need for that, right? So, how, how or maybe you can uh, in that area. I don't know. Um, yeah, so we were in Dallas, and you okay. could actually. You could okay. Um, <clears throat> yep, and that was that was part of the process. We only had two days from when I placed first in the opening rounds to our final round to turn in a full written recipe down to measurements like teaspoons and everything. You couldn't say, you know, a dash of this or a sprinkle of that. Like everything had to be down to measurements and you had to describe your dish. So they have this really, really cool market there that has ingredients from all over the world. I mean, it's in, it's an incredible store. And so we actually went to that market and I just started walking around and thinking of ideas that I could make for my sides, for the steak, all different kinds of things that would work with the filet mignon and the, the black garlic umami sauce we had to use. Right, right. And well, so, yeah, that market, I just, we started grabbing things and, and went with it. Luckily, it worked out. Right. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you get to practice this recipe? I mean, you said you had like two days to put this together. Do you, I'm sure. How many how many trial runs did yeah. you go through? How many fillets did you cook? How many fillets? Yeah, zero. Zero. <laughs> You're just like I'm hey. not. I'm not joking. So, uh, we actually had all four girls with us. We weren't planning on that. Our babysitter fell through last minute, so we ended up having all four girls with us, and we were in a little teeny hotel room, and we had like a one burner stove in there and a microwave. And I had cooked enough fillets that I really wasn't worried about the fillet itself. I was more so worried about the sides that were going to pair well with it and using the black garlic umami sauce. So, no, I did not have any time or space to be able to practice. I have made all of the dishes that I made um, at home before and just knew the flavor combinations because I am a recipe developer for some companies. So I knew that these flavors would pair well together. Um, but no, I did not practice 
beforehand. My team and I, Jeff and the chef and I actually met for the first time to discuss what we were doing a half an hour before we started our final competition. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's crazy. Well, that just lends to how, how experienced you are, um, you know, first of all, cooking uh, and, then, and then doing these recipes, right? So, yeah. which I think is very smart that you went with something that, yeah, to me, to be honest with you, I've, I've, uh, uh, the edamame, um, I, I, I would not even have thought about that, to be honest with you. Uh, and I mean, so just put, putting those combinations together and, and, and putting it out there, these are things that I would not. Like, I'm like, all right, got some Brussels sprouts together. Here's a steak. Like, it would, I would not have played it well. I, I, don't, I couldn't have done it. Right. There's, there's no way. Well, I mean, you yeah. know. From what she was saying, I mean, it's, it's stuff that was already in her repertoire as far as. It's right. Similar stuff that she was already cooking, so, so per se, but mixing in that, that, that umami garlic sauce in with yeah. the stuff and then come have incorporate all that in together. I mean, it, if you were to do it yourself, I mean, you would probably take your like experiences cooking at home. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. it, here in being in Texas, I mean, I know you do a lot of, um, like a Mexican style, um, food, different flares, spicy, bringing the spice and stuff like that. So I'm sure you probably lend a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But I mean, I think, again, I think it's, I think it's very smart and, and no wonder, I mean, it's the way you described it. I'm like, I can visualize the plate and I'm like, it just sounds, sounds phenomenal. So thank you. the, uh, so, so th- this was last year, right? This is 2021, yeah. whatever. So yes, this was just a few months ago. Yes. So this is 2022 now. And yep. are you, are you looking ahead already? Are you like, I'm, I am the champion. You have to beat me. Are you going to be back there? Hopefully or are you, I am. You get automatic I actually invite? got registered. I'm signed up. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's going to be exciting. It's in November this year. Um, my next step though, is they take all 10 category champions. So there's burger, there's steak, there's barbecue, there's soup, there's a recipe one, um, seafood, dessert. I can't remember the other three, but there's 10 categories of chefs that come from all over the world to compete in this. So the top 10, like I'm the steak champion, we go head to head at the end of April to become the world food head champion, like chef champion. Nice. So yeah, we're going to Lake Murray, South Carolina at the end of April. And we don't have the only hint that they have given us is one of it's a three round elimination. So they take us from, they do, they give us a cooking competition from 10 to five and then another one from five to three. And then the final round is three to one that we'll name the world food head champion. Um, and the only hint they've gave us is one of those rounds. They're going to do a chartered fishing boat where they're going to take us out and we have to do a catch and cook. So whatever we catch, we have to create a dish. Wow, I was thinking this was more like a barbecue competition. It's like Master Chef. You're having to go. I know, very much. I know. Yeah. Iron yeah. Chef, Master yeah. Chef. Yeah. 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 This is like a whole different skill set. It's right. not just meat in a box at I'm, this point. I'm like, uh, do they have briskets in the ocean or something? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. just, yeah. how do I catch one of those? <laughs> right. A rack of ribs. Uh, let's yeah. go. <laughs> like a sea cow, man. It's, yeah. it's got to be similar to a brisket, right? right? Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of cool. It'll be it'll be a neat experience. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, all of us come from a different background. You know, barbecue and steak, obviously, we're pretty similar. But, you know, dessert and soup, and that's what they specialize in. So, I don't know. It's going to be neat to see how this plays out. I, I absolutely love, I've never done a steak cook-off before. I've done plenty of barbecue cook-offs. And the one thing that really intrigues me about the steak cook-off, and I've, I've done practice- like I do, I do practice steak cookoffs at the house by myself, uh, yeah. and just kind of like. And he always wins. I always win. I'm, <laughs> I have won every competition so far, um, and, and I'm not lying. I actually, I actually do this right, and I, I've got my grow grates, and I, I get my times down, and everything else. Um, but, but take me through. I will say the one thing I love about this is it's, it's like three hours of, of prepping a little bit and and kind of waiting here and there, and for this cook, the cook, the cooking portion doesn't really happen. It's not really that that long i mean if you're going to marinate your steak you you, you, have a, you can do a marinade or you can do something whatever else but from the time you put on the time you 
pull this thing off and it rests and you you plate, uh, it's it's pretty fast. And yeah, it's uh, like fifteen minutes. Right, and you're done. And you're done, yeah. right? Um, yep. But of course, you can't give all the trips and 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 that you have out there, but. Uh, for for the person that's looking to get in there and 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 try a steak cook off, uh, what, what advice do you have for them? Oh, just come out and do it. It is so much fun. I mean, I love doing you know the KCBS or the MBN or all four meats, whole hog, whatever you're doing. You know, those are longer cooks. Um, there is a lot more prep work to them, and the cost is a lot higher. With the SCA, you pay $150, $160, and your meat is included. So we show up in the morning, and you check in. And for that $150, they give you two ribeyes. So you actually draw a chip, and it's like a poker chip. And it's it's got a number on it. So let's say I drew number 10. I would draw, I would go through the line in 10th place and pick my first steak. And then they reverse the order and switch tables so that you're picking a steak, your second steak from the second table. And 10 would go first down to one. So you get two steaks. The reason why they do that is so that you can practice with one if you would like to or whatever you want. But you only turn in one steak in the turn in box. So Cook's meeting is usually at 10 a.m., we get our steaks, we take them back, we trim them. Yeah, it is competition steak, so it does not look anything I, like your backyard steak. I know. I've seen it. I've seen the scissors. I've seen how right. they're shaving the edges yes. to have this perfectly round steak. Well, yep. I mean, is there a certain characteristic that you're looking for on a steak? Like, the, per se, like the, I guess if you're doing ribeyes, the... Spinalis. Is it the spinalis? Or, the what what is it you're... The tri... Uh, yeah, John's throwing words that I don't even know what he's talking about. It's, uh, it's the, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. So typically in the SCA world, we talk about a tri-heart. That's just the third muscle that comes from the primal loin. Um, it's a small, it, you know, it's larger at the chuck end and it gets smaller as it goes through. Kind of, You could kind of relate it to like a tenderloin, how it's larger at one end and it gets smaller as it goes to the other end. Um, it's just that third little muscle in there and it, it'll get smaller as it tapers down to the other end. But you, the, we call those the trihearts that have the three muscles, the spinalis, which is the ribeye cap for those that don't know. Um, and then you have your loin muscle and then you have that little third muscle. And that's, that's going to be your trihearts. That end is typically always more tender naturally than the farther you get down, even though your spinalis is getting larger, the farther you get down, it becomes more of like a smile. Your ribeye cap becomes like a big smile. Um, you lose that little third muscle and you lose a lot of the marbling actually. And it just becomes less tender. It, that doesn't mean that you can't win with those. I have actually won with a tri-heart or a spinalis. Um, you just have to, you know, manipulate it a little bit more, you know, whether you're doing a salt brine or a marinade or manually texturizing it, tenderizing it, um, you can make any steak work. So yeah, we, I mean, we do, we do a lot to a little steak, just like you do nice. in barbecue. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. Like I said, we, it's 20 years or so of, of competition, barbecuing and, and cook-offs. It's about how long we've been doing it for. Um, but yeah. steak cook-offs have never tried, um, and I, I, there's an art form to it, and I, I, I see it. And like I said, I, I pra do practice cooks and everything. And, and earlier when I, when I said scissors, like for people that are listening and, and listen to the podcast, that's not a joke. Uh, I want to give away a secret or whatever else. but I, That's here, not a secret. We use scissors. Yeah, I mean, we it, trim this thing to look kind of like an oval shape. Right. I mean, I guess that's the best way to put it. We're trimming all of the fat off around the edges that – you want to provide that each judge takes one bite that's the size of like their pinky. You know, it's no larger larger than an inch. It's it's a little one ounce bite. So you got to pack as much flavor into that and you don't want them to get a piece of gristle, a piece of fat. You want them to have the most tender portion of that ribeye and the most flavorful, which is your ribeye cap or spinalis. So we always place that towards the front of the box. Um, but yeah, we trim all that, you know, the tail off the back end, if if you call it the tail. Oh, yeah. We trim that off. We make it a little kind of oval looking shape. 
and we tie it up and we use scissors. I mean, you know, there's, everybody uses different kinds of scissors, meat shears, you know, dental scissors, whatever you want that works best for you, but we trim it to a uniform shape. And so that we don't have any rough edges, you are trying to present the best piece of meat that you can and get all of that gristle and fat off around the edges. Nice. I, I'm not yeah. lying to you right now. I've, I've thought about 30 million different steaks that I've cooked in my lifetime. And I'm like, <laughs> I want have steak right now. You've you right. said the word steak. I've said the word steak like a hundred times. I'm like, man, I want I want. I mean, you now. did lose to your son in a steak cookoff. I did just between the two. I of did. You. I did lose to him. Uh, we we did a steak competition at the house, and I had maybe talked a little a little smack, and uh, he was like, he's he's twenty. I guess he's probably twenty three or so at the time, or, or yeah, twenty three, twenty two. He's twenty five now. But so we cooked these steaks, and then we couldn't try them here, right? So we brought the steaks over to my brother's house uh, and was like, here, try him and his wife, try these steaks. And uh, he won. He, he <laughs> yep. just, it just, his, his was, his was better. He did a better uh, flavor combination than I did. So mine was a little that's salty, awesome. I think. Yeah. How, how See, much? And that's the other thing is like flavor profiles. I mean, you know, people get caught up in that. Um, in the SCA world, we are not looking for a backyard steak. I'm I'm a judge as well. And so we do go out and judge some of these competitions, which gives you a little more insight to, you know, what's going on, um, like what they're looking for and stuff. So we do not look for any kind of heavy flavor profile, you know, no rosemary, you know, no heavy compound butters. You can't do a compound butter on it unless it melts. Um, and you don't want like a heavy garlic flavor or a super heavy pepper flavor or a, like a super, super back end heat. I mean, you can have a little bit of heat, but like a lingering back end heat, you're going to get docked on that in your overall. So you want a very, very balanced flavor profile, which typically people combine a few different rubs to create that because you're trying to create a pretty color on top of it too. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to barbecue. We do a lot for a little piece of meat. I know. I know. <laughs> I've watched the, uh, the, the guy, what, I can't remember his name from Cosmos. Yeah. Darren. Darren. Yep. Darren. Darren. Uh, I've, I've watched a lot of his stuff and he, you know, I, I know he won the, the SCA, I think. State yes, championship he did. Yep. Or whatever else. Back and, in 2015 or 16. Yeah. And he has the brand of lime, which we've used a lot of his seasonings and, and, and injections or yeah, whatever. I still do. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just watching some of his videos and whatever. So do you have anything out there? Do you have any like tutorial or videos that y'all are producing or putting out there? <laughs> That's kind of funny that you say that. So I am actually <laughs> sponsored by Cosmo. Um, I've partnered with him. So I have one every... Every time I've won in the past, well, it's been almost a year now, I have been using Cosmos products. Um, we are, he's actually having me out to teach some in-person SCA classes at his storefront. And yes, we are working on creating an online platform where people will be able to take some online courses. Good. Too. I will yeah. look for that. I'm super excited. I, I don't know. These are, I, I, I'm not saying that, that everybody needs, I mean, I need online courses i need everything i can get so uh i i always it's something i ask everybody that comes on if they're some people are like no we're not really interested in giving this out or we don't want to you know give this type of information but most people i've we interview they're always trying to do something extra and gets get more knowledge get more barbecue cooking whatever out there and so yeah it's much appreciative so nice Pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's really neat. I'm, you know, I learned from a lot of different people, so I feel like I'm kind of a mutt. <laughs> you know, I take a little bit of this person's and a little bit of that person's and, and combine it to create my own. Um, I never just do take a class and do it strictly like they did. I just, I don't feel that way. And being a recipe developer, you don't think that way either, but <laughs> right, right. Um, I feel like I, I want to give back too. you know, I've, I've had so many people help me and give me tips and tricks and stuff. And that's how we share the love of barbecue is helping the next generation or the people, you know, that want to come and compete, you know, we, we pull them in by sharing our knowledge and that's, that's exactly what I want to do. So, yeah. um, I'm super excited because I, I am trying to get a YouTube up and going. I've got a lot going right now, but 
I do want to get a YouTube up and going and show just different techniques. Cause I have like, people are like, have you won with the same thing all the time? I have stayed with the same thing. I made like super minor tweaks within, I would say the last eight months. And I mean like minor tweaks, but before that, you know, I did win with salt brining my steak. I did win with manually tenderizing my steak. I did win with a marinade. Um, I've won with six different flavor profiles and they haven't all been Cosmos before I met Cosmo, you know, I just won them with different ones. Um, so it, there's not just one set in stone way to do it, but it's learning the techniques behind those ways and what works best for you. So, you know, my husband, he, he has a way that he does his and I have a way that I do mine. And our oldest daughter's 14. So she competes as an adult as well. And she has a way that she does hers. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's fun to see all the different things. You know, talking about uh, helping other people out, you know, maybe putting out your own videos later. We had a few people write in and ask for a few suggestions. So I was going to ask this and then ask if you could just share some, like, general tips, you know, because most of our listeners, the average listeners, you know, they're just cooking in their backyard. So maybe yeah. some good steak tips for them just, you know, cooking in the backyard tomorrow. And uh, one of them, Redneck Roach. He asked, uh, what is the ideal time to rest your steaks? So I'm sure that varies, but I'll let you talk on it. It does. It depends. I mean, it depends on the thickness of your meat or your steak. Um, but typically, I would say, you know, one that's about one to one and a half inches thick, I would say it's about five to 10 minutes before you slice it because it's got to reabsorb all that moisture, all the flavor. It's just been heated up. You want it to come up to its final temp before you even cut into it, or you're going to lose all the juices inside and a lot of that flavor too. So about five to 10 minutes, if it's like a one to, well, I would even say like three fourths to one and a half inch steak, which is, that's pretty normal. That's what you'll get at this store. For, for competition, you're not slicing, right? You're just turning in a whole steak, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. We turn in one whole steak in the box. There's no garnish. Um, and then the judge there's, it goes in, so it's actually a double blind system. They will give you a little raffle ticket with a number on it. They stick the other half in an envelope and seal it. They take it inside and reassign it a new, the, they reassign the box, a new number. Then it goes to the cutting table and it gets cut directly in half. So however, however you have it placed in the box, they do not move that. They just cut the steak directly in half from front to back of the box. And then um, the appearance and the doneness is judged on the back portion of the steak, the top portion of the steak, and then the taste and tenderness and overall is off of the front portion where they take their bite from. Nice. Yeah. Okay, we had uh, another question here. This one is from Kathy Clan. He asked uh, for your take on dry brining steaks. Oh, actually, yes. Dry aging steaks is incredible. It takes a lot of time, um, but if done properly, they come out amazing. If you have the time and the patience to do it, absolutely. Yeah, it just enhances the flavor. It's going to enhance the crust. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. It is a process, though. So. I mean, anytime you're looking into something like that, I would definitely do your research and read about the whole process. The first time we tried to do it, it didn't, it didn't work. I mean, it worked okay, but we could have improved, you know, a lot. And so once we started learning more about dry aging our steaks and stuff, yeah, big improvement. So when you dry brine a steak, it, it, or I guess when you did dry brine a steak at your competitions, how long did that last? How, how long did so that we take? Never, we, the only time I never did a dry brine at a competition, I've only done a salt brine at a competition. So oh. um, with that, I coated, I actually laid a layer of salt in the bottom of my pan, coat, like coarse kosher salt in the bottom of my pan. I stuck my steak in there and then I covered it with, you know, a whole layer of salt and I let it sit for <clears throat> about an hour before taking it out. And then I made sure to wash it off because obviously that's salt. And if yeah. you're using any kind of rubs that have salt in them, you're going to overpower the steak with salt. So salt brine is, is a type of, you know, a dry brine. Um, but yeah, I would definitely wash it off if you're doing something like that. And then pat your steak dry with paper towels before you season it. 
Nice. Wow, okay. Nice. Nice. How long in advance do you get the steak in your competitions? Um, so typically we get in at 10 o'clock in the morning and then like we'll draw our steaks and we're back to our cook site by 11. Turn in is not usually until like two o'clock. So you have, a, okay. you have your steak for a couple hours before you have to turn it in. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I, and you know, the, the amount of pits and we, 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 we were talking to, I, I was talking to another person about, about doing these state cookoffs, and they traveled, right? It was, I, remember, I can't remember his name. It was the, I think they're from Arizona or New Mexico. Who was yeah, uh, Utah? Yeah, yeah. You're behind barbecue. Uh, yeah, Kyle. 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 Yes. Okay, Kyle. so Kyle is the one that actually convinced me to compete against Jeff. Okay, very okay. cool. Yes. Very cool. Yeah, so, we're super good friends. So yeah, we, that's awesome. We had Kyle on like uh, our first a year, year, a year about ago? a year year ago or so, and uh, he was giving his dad a, a lot. He was ribbing his dad a lot, and one of the things at one of the competitions, his dad was going to cook over. I guess he cooked over what kind of pit was it? It was in cast iron, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It was in yeah. cast iron. Oh, searing and, it, yeah. And, yes, okay. and he and he was like, "Dad, you're not going. Nobody does this. You're not going to win. This is not a good blah blah blah." And his dad, his dad hit it, <laughs> and he goes, yep. "It was the worst drive home because his dad just looked at him like, you don't know where you're you know? Listen, boy. That's right. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. So sometimes Jeff will see or he is because um, our tribal fire grill actually has a flat top on it, which is kind of like a cast iron pan, and so. He'll sear his sometimes and and turn it in and stuff, but I always just stick with grill marks. It's just that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm at home in the backyard, obviously, you know, I'll do a sear. But getting that perfect sear and getting it to look, you know, absolutely beautiful is it's pretty tricky unless you know how to do it. So, yes, they do hit when done properly. It is a lot harder for them to hit. I am not sure why. Um, being a judge, I have seen seared steaks come through and they, I love the texture of them because that crust on there is just, it's incredible. I mean, it's flavorful. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, the, there's a couple, a bunch of things that you said, not a couple, a bunch of things you said tonight, uh, what, that, that I'm, I'm just really like, you're so absolutely right. One was the technique. Uh, everybody has a technique and I think people that are consistently winning, they have a technique and, and you could watch them. And you don't even pick up on it, right? It's their layering method. It's it's the point when they pull something out, uh, depending on the size of the chicken or, or size of the your meat they're cooking or whatever else. You know, so the, the technique to me is why why people consistently win, right? You, you've got yeah, to be consistent, absolutely. but it's that technique that tells you over the, the top, right? And and why I bring it up is because uh, I'm not saying I'm the best Bloody Mary uh, maker in the world. Oh, here we However. Go. <laughs> I am five-time champion uh, Bloody Mary, okay? Um, and I bring this up because I make Bloody Marys. I don't make them all the time, but when the wives get around, and I, maybe maybe it's just because they don't want to make their own Bloody Mary, which is probably what it is, <laughs> yeah, they to be honest. Feeding your ego. Oh, they're right. so good, Oh, they're Jan. so good. Yeah. Just keep, keep them coming. <laughs> but uh, but I've, I've had people say, like, I was like, look, I make them all the time, but my wife tells me they're not as good as yours. Like, you, I don't know what, what you're doing differently, and... It's a technique, right? It's just the yeah. layering. It's the process that it's I go through to make Absolutely. it, right? What are you putting in it? I mean, you could tell them the, the exact same ingredients. I, I tell everybody what And how it to is. do it, and it's it doesn't not the same. Taste the same. No. Um, and, right. and the second thing is that, so again, if you're going to be in any type of competition, if you're going to compete, one is, like I always tell people to come out to the competition. If you're not going to cook, it doesn't matter. Come out and just hang out at the competition. Walk around, talk to people, watch what they're doing. You know, does it interest you at that point or not? If it doesn't interest you at that point, don't do it, you know? Um, right. And the other thing is to, to please be a judge. It, it's so hard to try to figure out. Um, if you're never going to be a judge and you're only relying on how things taste to you at your tent, um, it's, right. it's very hard to, to make your turn-ins and go, ah, well, we just got beat. But you're like, but you don't know why you got beat, you right. know? And I yes. feel like ours was the best. It was the best. We yeah. had, man, we did everything right. It was perfect. Well, we got, it's, it's got to be rigged, right? I've heard everybody say all these crazy things. And I'm like, oh yeah, they always go against the judges. I know. I know. But until you are a judge, I mean, it gives you so much insight. You know, whether you just take the class for knowledge or whether you actually want to judge a few of them, you know, even just the class alone is going to give you a lot of insight and knowledge that you can use in competition. 
That's right. That's right. And, and not to mention, you're tasting other flavor profiles. And, and yes. you're, not, it's not, you're not cheating because you don't know what it is or anything else, but you're tasting things. You're going, oh, my God, that was – like I've judged other categories, and I'm like, that's better than what I've done before. I, I need to step it up. I, there's been more flavor. Right. You know what I mean? So Yeah, or um, you can taste that back-end heat, and you're like, oh, I know what – because coming from Arizona, you know, we like heat kind of, you know, yep, like yep. you guys have Tex-Mex in, in Texas. So we like the back-end heat. Well, back here in Alabama, I mean, it kills – it about kills them. <laughs> I'm dead. I agree. Black pepper, spicy to them. But being the judge, you can taste that, you know, or you can taste, whoa, that has a lot of garlic, or whoa, that's heavily butter, or, you know, you can pull out the different things and you're like, okay, now I know how to create more of a balanced flavor profile. I know what I need to be looking for. Yeah, absolutely. One of the meanest things I ever did in a competition is I turned in. devil's anus uh chicken and that, that somebody else coined that name wasn't me um but i used uh tabasco scorpion sauce uh, oh which God. i don't know if you've ever had that or not and uh <laughs> no. mixed with, with the barbecue is so tabasco makes a scorpion pepper sauce and it's the scorpion pepper and it's freaking ridiculous uh and i didn't i, ne- I didn't try it because i was like it's tabasco it can't be that hot right oh no so i went in added it to my sauces glazes and everything else and i ended up glazing these chickens and putting them back on the smokers letting sauce at the they looked beautiful and then we turned them in and then once because the thing is that you with ibca you're turning in two halves of a chicken right so you're you're not having to pull pull chicken apart and, and turn the chicken in three different ways or anything like that um so it's two halves so we weren't able to really try like the chicken, but somebody did dip yeah. their finger in the sauce and were like, what have we done? Oh, no. We, this, it was like, I mean, like 10 judges at a table had the hottest chicken they ever had in their life <laughs> that day. It had to have nuked everybody's taste buds. Yes. It did. Like oh, the, yeah, for the, sure. Like, like I know, I know we did, not, we did not score that well on chicken, <laughs> but I guarantee you nobody else did after us. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I will tell you, I've done something similar. So we were at a KCBS competition and, you know, at the time I was playing around with recipes and stuff and Jeff's like, you run with pork this time. I'm like, okay, I was always rib girl. So I was ran with the ribs. We worked together on the chicken and then he did brisket. And so I handled pork this time and he was like, do whatever you want. And I was like, sweet. Are you kidding me? And I had, I was not a judge yet. And so I was like, awesome. This is going to be Awesome. I loaded that thing up with apple bourbon. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice. Not that I mean it tasted incredible to me and to, you know, everybody. We won people's choice with it, but we definitely did not win right. <laughs> in pork. Right. right. <laughs> not put that in there. And we could have actually walked away with a GC that day if it wouldn't have been for pork. And I was like, gosh, oh, <sighs> dang it. Sorry. <laughs> you said whatever I wanted. Damn it. Right. Okay. But them ribs are good, yeah. though, right? Yeah. 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 Now, I'll tell you what's demoralizing. So I, I've uh, I judged a few times these competitions that we're competing at, and it just sucks when like it was like chicken. You go there, go through all these chickens, try them all. I'm like, oh man, like ours was by far the best one. We got first place for sure, and then you don't even get like top ten. It's like, yeah, what? What now? Like, do, what, 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 what do we have to do? Should we just yeah. use like KC masterpiece barbecue sauce on there and just? You know, <laughs> Just be done with it. Like, what are they looking for? Well, somebody said you want to. So this is actually a real thing. Uh, we've had a lot of discussion over this. That some places you go to, you ha- you you have to give them a sauce that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so somebody was like, "Was it you, James? Like, use use the McDonald's barbecue sauce. Everybody's <laughs> had it. Like, once you have it, you can like nugget barbecue sauce. Like, every, it's just it's, it is what it is, right? It's like Casey Master." Everybody's had KC Masterpiece uh, barbecue right. sauce. It's familiar. Yeah. It's familiar. Use something familiar. If it's just going to have, which, I mean, I don't know. We, I mean, we need to actually go we, back We to, never tried it. We need to go back and revisit <laughs> it probably. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, the sweet the sweet stuff's in right now. It's been in. Uh, used to, it was a little bit of a sweet heat down here in the south, uh, south Texas. Uh, but now I don't think it is anymore. I think you've got a lot of cherries and pineapples. I, I don't and, think the sweet's ever going to go away. I mean, right. I'll be honest. And uh, and and I've listened to some of the podcasts that you've uh, you've been on, Sonny. And and 
I know a lot of uh, people have asked you questions and we, I think we all share kind of the like-minded same um, method yeah. as far as like if you can create a competition uh, or if there's something that you can eliminate from a competition. Uh, we, we've always had the mindset of, of introduction of electricity to these barbecue competitions, I think is a little bit. Um, or the triggers. Yeah. And, well, just the pellet grills and, yeah. and even the people that bring out the, the old hickories and whatever that you can just plug in right. and it just, the rotisseries just turn yeah, and, just, and, it- does it for them. Yeah, it does it for them. Yeah, and, and let's, let's show some skill set with some wood. Correct. I, I've, I've always <laughs> wanted, and maybe somebody somebody will come up with a, a competition where it is just strictly a stick burner. We had one. We actually had one. We went out to the guinea pig in California, which was put on by Big Papa Smokers. Yeah. And that one was awesome. No electricity, nothing. They gave you the meats, which at the time was... Oh, I want to say it was a Wagyu brisket. And that was the first time that we had ever cooked like the Wagyu brisket. It was a definitely a different flavor. What's it, the Wagyu? I don't remember. Anyways, but the meats were provided and there was no electricity whatsoever. And the kids queue was incredible because they separated out our girls, well, all the kids, and they put them in like a roped off arena and they had their own, they each had their own little grill that they had to cook on and, you know, prepare all themselves and everybody could watch. And the only thing that the parents were allowed to do was light the fire. And it just showed, you know, that these kids can actually cook and it's not the parents doing it for them, which, you know, you hear that all the time. Oh, their parent did it for them, which we don't know unless you can see them cooking. You don't know, but at, at that guinea pig, that was one of the funnest competitions. We did we did take a couple of walks. I can't remember what we walked in. I want to say ribs, but I don't remember for sure. Ribs and brisket, I think. Um, but that was fun because nobody had electricity. Everybody had to tend their fire. You know, it was it was great, and it was limited to like I want to say thirty teams or forty teams. So, yeah, those are really fun. Very cool. Very, very freaking cool. Yeah, that's kind of how... Uh, the flavor profiles, though, like, that was tricky for me. I have never excelled in pork, which I know that seems weird. I don't like to eat pork, like, at hmm. all. Um, it causes inflammation. It, it just, it sets my MS off, so I don't like to even eat pork. Um, so I don't like to cook pork. and. Right. I don't like the flavor of pork. So going into Myron Mixon's hog drop on New Year's Eve against, you know, nine other teams, I knew and I had heard from people that they like things sweet. Well, you know, I'm from Arizona and I like heat. And you've obviously tried Cosmos products and most of them have a back end heat. Um, And I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And everybody's like, just I even talked to Darian and, and I was he was like loaded up with sugar. Just add honey, add sugar. And so I talked to a couple other people that have competed in Georgia because I had never competed in Georgia either. And so they're like, it's got to be super sweet. So we actually injected with sugar water. (laughs) It sounds so bad. We injected with sugar water and um, it was apple juice and sugar water. I mean, we loaded, loaded the dang thing. And I mean, it was like, up the sugar in a pork loin. I mean, a lot, a lot of sugar. And then our sauce, I, I'm really weird about it. I know they like peaches in Georgia. So I did use his peach habanero sauce. And then I added a bunch of honey to just sweeten it up. And I used a couple of his different rubs, like his sweeter rubs and like the sweet, the sweet pecan. I used that on there. And I took first place in loin, but the only thing that I didn't, I ran with my normal rib, my KCBS rib recipe and it killed me. And I was like, ah, dang it. I mean, I took RGC, but I wanted to see, you know, it was only against 10 teams. So for me to even be invited to come to that was incredible. And I was like, fine, I'll do the loin, you know, however I need to. And then you know, the pork butt. So we did pork loin, pork butt and pork ribs. So I ran those two super, super sweet. And then I ran my KCBS flavor profile on my ribs 
with just a little bit extra honey. And it, I mean, I still took fifth, but, but that was my lowest score and, and it killed me. Like, you know, if I could have been up a few, few places more, I would have took the GC, but, but it was fun. It was fun to see. And they're like, your ribs weren't that's sweet. And I was like, yeah, no, that's how I like them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And that's something else you got to do. Like it's, it's, we had a hard time or I've had a hard time cooking for what you, for, I guess what the, what, what's winning right now. And I, yeah, I always, for the judges. Yeah. And it, there's, there's a part of me in a cook, right? I put a part of myself into everything I'm doing. You do the same thing, James, Matt, everybody does the same thing. Right. And so, it's one of those things I'm not going to surrender, right? I'm going to make you right. like what I, what I like, right? And that's, it's, there's, you got to bring yourself down a notch a little bit and go, look, you know, this is, you got to know what area you're cooking in. And, yeah. you know, we were talking to Mo and, uh, I don't know if you, have you met Mo, uh, Mo Kaysan? Yeah. So I'm actually teaching a class with him and Bob Trenadak nice. in June. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're good. We're good buddies. Um, yeah. He's on the B&B team with me. So we do events together. Okay. Yeah. So that was one of the, one of the big things he was like, know know the area you're cooking in. And he's like, I, I've cooked in areas where, where, you know, like, Hey, this mesquite is what you have to use when, when you went yes. type of wood, you know? And if you don't know that you're not, you're not right. going to win, you know? And I was talking to some guys that cook down South, uh, this last weekend and they were like we didn't use mesquite that was the biggest killer for us like you, you got to use what's what's in that area and uh, right. if not you're just you're just not going to do well so um yeah that's 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 very cool yeah because we used to run with post oak actually out in arizona for our brisket and out here we don't do the post oak um we actually do a pecan because it ends up being a softer flavor and that's what they prefer out here. Mm. It's crazy. It is weird, you know, the different flavor profiles. Sounds, and we did have to tone back, you know, some of the heat off of everything. Sounds horrible. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you not my that. favorite. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I I practiced a lot now. Okay, I didn't practice. I know this sounds crazy. I didn't practice for the World Food Championship. You know, I just ran with my stuff. But then you sit here and, at home and you practice for KCBS competitions and MBN and GBAs and all the others. And I sat here and I cooked pork loin after pork loin after pork loin and pork butt, trying all these different flavors. And I would take them to my friends that are close by that are you know, GBA judges and I'd have them taste them and they're like, it's not sweet enough. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then finally it got sweet enough and I tasted this. And I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. Like yeah. I would never feed this to anybody. This is so gross. And I go, not just because I don't like pork. This is just gross. So I take it over and they're like, you nailed it. And I go, what? Yeah. And they're like, that's <laughs> perfect. That's absolutely perfect. My wife even said it was amazing. And I'm like, Oh, please don't eat any more because you're probably going to die of a diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> like if you yeah. only knew if you're not getting, what was in yeah. that. If you're not getting diabetes off eating the ribs <laughs> or pork butt, then you're not going to win. You're right. Yeah. Right. yeah, apparently. Jeez uh, Louise. <laughs> wow. Hey, Sonny, hey, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. I, I, I hope that we can get you back again. This has been super fun. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We, we usually just turn this over to you. Uh, and uh, anything that you're up to uh, coming up here in the future or any um, social medias that you want to direct yeah. all the people, uh, please go ahead. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, you can find me on TikTok. I don't, I haven't been as good about posting on there lately, but I'm going to start again. I've been super busy. Um, I'm building out a website. So it'll be sunnymoody.com, but it is actually going to cover all aspects of my barbecue and grilling life because um, I'm going to teach backyard recipes. It'll have backyard recipes. It'll follow our family, which is Mood Swing Barbecue. Um, it's my husband and myself and our four daughters, and it'll follow our competition trail. It, we might even give you a few competition recipes to try at home. And it's also going to have Grilled Fit, which is my personal training and nutrition coaching business. It's going to have healthy grilling recipes. So for people that are like, you can't be fit and eat barbecue. Yes, you can. And it can be flavorful too. So I'm super excited for that. It'll also have, you know, if you want to buy swag or whatever, but it'll also update you on events that we will be at. I have a lot happening this year. Um, I'm teaching a lot of classes kind of all over the place. Obviously, I mentioned Cosmos. I've partnered up with Cosmo. And, 
He's having me out to teach classes. Um, I'm teaching classes for Ace Hardware and B&B Charcoal. So I'll be traveling around teaching classes at different Ace Hardwares too. And then again, I'm teaching with Bob and Mo. We're going to be teaming up and teaching some classes where you will be able to get all four meats, KCBS meats, chicken rib, brisket, and pork, as well as competition steak. So that'll be super fun. And then um, I am teaming up with Hay Grill Hay, and we're coming up with some, I can't spill the beans yet. Is that Tara? But- Susie. 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 Oh, Susie. oh I'm, I'm going to message Susie and Susie talk Susie Bolt. Yeah, Susie Bolt from Hey Girl Hey. Oh, yeah. We're working on some fun stuff together. Um, and, yeah, you can find me on Instagram under – right now I'm under Grilled Fit and Mood Swing Barbecue, but I post more on Grilled Fit. And then I'm – just follow me at Sunny Moody on Facebook. Just friend request me. I've got to get all of that set up, but – that's where I post the most is on Facebook. It's my entire life. Like I give grilling tips and tricks, um, barbecue tips and tricks, healthy eating tips and tricks. And you can follow our, our family in our competition trail. So very cool. Oh, and I'm teaming up with operation barbecue relief too. So yeah, I've got a lot going on. I'm going to be going out to some cool events and helping Helping them. I'll be a barbecue mentor and teaching people. So, yeah. Well, well look, Sonny, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to say 100% good luck in April. Okay. Thank you. Uh, but come this November, I'm just saying, if I get an invite, I'm not rooting for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have war paint on. I'm going to be, it's all about winning at that point. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, if he doesn't, then we'll be rooting for you. That's right. <laughs> that is right. That is right. <laughs> and we do have Jeff down. Is it, We usually have a running bit on the show of the barbecue fails, but so we do have Jeff down as a barbecue fail for setting you up to fail on your first time cooking. We feel like that was Jeff's barbecue fail of almost burning the house down. Yeah, right. I agree. I totally agree with that. Because <laughs> he wasn't even there to help me, and he didn't clean his grill. <laughs> Hey. Awesome. That was that would be our made my first major barbecue fail. Absolutely, I love in it. the competition world, it would be major barbecue fail would be adding injecting with apple bourbon in KCBS. Mm. Uh, never, I learned never to do that again. And I mean, I went heavy with it, yeah, but, but it tasted really good. That but then, that um, in the SCA, I would say leaving my string on my steak and oh. getting DQ'd. Uh, that's a DQ nice. automatically right there. Yeah. That's a DQ. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Matt made us um, bourbon burgers once before. and yeah, We don't need to talk about that again. No, no, no We'll talk about it. And, <laughs> and Matt soaked this uh, hamburger meat in bourbon. Like, I don't know how much bourbon you put in there. Like, maybe a couple of cups or... Uh, like maybe like half the bottle. Half the know? bottle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Soaked That's the meat. <laughs> and uh, when we had the burgers, it's literally you're eating a hamburger and drinking a shot of bourbon. Well, hell of a buzz. We <laughs> also... We all, didn't we drink the... Did we drink the bourbon after we did that? No. No. Okay, that's a horrible idea. No. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible time. Yeah. Hey, well, I will say, I, I created a recipe for a whiskey maple bacon pecan pie, and that thing, it's award-winning. It's won lots of awards for us, and our friends request it every Thanksgiving. They're like, are you making that pie? And you can definitely taste the whiskey. Sometimes I'll use bourbon, whatever I have on hand, but that's incredible. All right, nice. We gotta look we'll look for that. it. Yeah, we'll look for it. Hey, thank you so much, Sonny. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. All right. That was awesome. Man, John finally talked. Like, I, <laughs> okay. I was worried that you weren't going to get a word in there, John. <laughs> well, Matt was talking so much. <laughs> <Right>. so. <laughs> no, that was super awesome. I mean, uh, Sunny, obvi- obviously, I mean, wow. I mean, energetic, energetic. Loves what she's doing. and Sounds like she knows what she's doing. So Definitely. 100%. Yeah. That's awesome. I just want to watch her videos and learn how to sear a freaking steak because I can make a steak that tastes great, but I just suck at searing steaks. I just cannot get it down. Like like, I got to watch some bonus videos on this or something. I, you got to go grill grates. You got to yeah. get grill grates yeah. to sear your steaks. I mean, and I, was, I, I had a whole shit ton of questions left that I was going to ask. We got to have her back on. That again. went by quick. Yeah, you know? we got to have her back on. I mean, because when you're doing these steak competitions, like what's the ratio? What's the ratio breakdown as far as like. Uh, to put you up in the top uh, as far as taste, doneness of steak, 
appearance. I think it's got to be cooked perfect to be even in the running, right? right. I think it does. And then it goes to how does it look and how does it taste, right? Well, so, so, so the back half of the steak is judged, right, on doneness. The that, front I, I never even knew that. Looks, on, right. Right, and the, the front half is how it tastes and right. or whatever Which is else, why right? they're using the tender part. In right, the, the spinalis. Yeah. So... A lot of little uh, tips in there that we yeah. kind of learned. So yeah, if you're super closely, appreciative for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So go back and listen again if you didn't well, catch all those tips. Look out for me uh, this year at the World Championship <laughs> barbecue because I will be entering uh, some state cookoffs coming up. Hopefully, uh, get that invite. Yeah. Maybe we can at least podcast from there. Maybe, maybe we'll get the invite to podcast. <laughs> oh, maybe we will get the invite to podcast. Who knows? Jan's gonna marinate his steak in fireball. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Devil's anus. Devil's anus steaks coming your way. <laughs> Look forward in uh, November. Fire in a hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, but you know what? If, if you did want to get a hold of the Grabbing the Brisket, you can check out their website, and that is, their, John? Their website? <laughs> yeah. Their website is grabthebrisket.com. Nice. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff is there. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> all we have about that's it? That's it. That's all. Yeah. All right. You know what? It's been great talking barbecue with you guys. Peace. Later, guys. Thanks, everybody. We've been great. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. We'd like to give a special thanks to Suckle Busters Barbecue Rubs and Sauces, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Cooley Nation Custom Koozies, Cambro Manufacturing, Yeti Coolers, The Smoke Sheep Barbecue Newsletter, and Dow Strong Knives. We definitely appreciate your support.